Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we coming from a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time. Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome to a very special episode of the podcast, Theanos. As always, I am Jordan Hall, but this week Eric has abandoned me to visit the redneck part of Florida. Um, and because of that, I am joined by two very special guests. Uh, first, we have Bless You Boys and Prospect 365 writer, baseball understander, and all-around fantastic Twitter follow. It's Adam Ubbin. Adam, thanks for spending the evening with us. Thanks for having me. Um, and we are also joined by Keenan Carter of Bless You Boys, um, and more famously, the Detroit Tigers minor league uh, tracker page on Facebook and Tigers t- TigersHangout.com. Um, podcast also on bless you boys keenan thanks thanks for hanging out with us tonight too thanks for having me glad to be here um so tell us a little bit about your page um where it came from the pod like i i can't imagine anyone listening to us is unaware of your work but just in case case they are can you fill fill them in a little bit (laughs) Uh, my facebook page yeah i I created it kind of on a whim about a a year ago to the day tomorrow um and it just kind of Kind of took off from there and started engaging on Twitter, getting involved, doing some blogging and, and engaging with Bless You Boys. And um, here we are a year later. I've just been, just been doing it every single day since um, and having a lot of fun doing it. And you guys are both far more into the, the, the prospect game than either Eric or I are. So I will definitely be peppering you both with, with questions later on. Um, now, Keenan, uh, you brought this to our attention, but the San Diego Padres... I can only imagine that they're now fresh filled with that swag that comes from signing a Manny Machado, but they've introduced the Anchorman race, um, kind of like in the style of the racing sausages for the Brewers and the presidents in, in Washington. Um, but the four racing are Ron, Brian, Champ, and Brick from the, the Channel 4 News team. Um, Adam, is this the biggest breakthrough in between inning entertainment since the freeze? <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a big fan of the movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's extraordinarily entertaining. Um, you know, I, you know, there, you do have gritty that came out like, you know, at the beginning oh, of the freeze, I guess, you know, and, and that's a tough, uh, that's a tough bit of competition there. 
Um, but I don't know, you know, in, in the nascent season, this is probably the, the the thing that got the the best chuckle out of me uh, so far that I've seen. How, how do you guys think they stack up against the sausages and the presents? Like, I feel like it's kind of a tough fraternity to break into, but I kind of feel like they're on that level. So uh, th- that was particularly interesting to me because in 2001, um, I was an intern for the Lakewood Blue Claws in the South Atlantic League. And uh, on a nightly basis, I used to throw a 25-pound battery pack around my chest and inflate an eyeball and, and <laughs> race in the Envision Eye Care eyeball race. Um, and I achieved legendary status um, on a nightly basis. So I, uh, I pay attention to that kind of stuff these days because I, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to strap that battery pack back on and see if I still got it. Actually, Hashtag Keenan facts. <laughs> uh, it's super, super great that you have that. Like, I've always kind of had a little bit of, of a question there. I feel like each individual race kind of has like a semi-narrative that they're trying to spin. Like, is that actually the case? Are you like consciously trying to like act out almost a play as you're doing each specific run? And who comes up with those? Um, I can't speak for, for everyone, but no, we were not trying to map out any type of narrative <laughs> i was strictly trying to set records it's good, it's good to know yeah. um clearly you know some of some of these other ones have guest racers I, I was thinking of like the best possible guest racers obviously you have veronica corningstone and west mantooth that could um run on occasion maybe even the bear that that uh brick rides do you guys have any other anchorman related suggestions as who could who could fill in if ron needs the day off or something Oh. I mean, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking outside of Anchorman. Um, uh, but from within uh, the movie, uh, I mean, Baxter. Oh, right? Baxter, so yes. Baxter. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> exactly. Um, maybe you put Baxter in a, in a phone booth in a glass cave of cages of motion, and everybody races to see who can rescue Baxter. <laughs> rescue the dog first. There you go. I, I really like that. Booth. Definitely. Um, so anyway, that brings us this week's leadoff question. Uh, if you could have uh, any cast of characters for an in-game promotional race like that, who would it be? Keenan, it was your question. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, I, I was kind of lame with this one. Um, I, I was thinking 90s sitcoms, really. Um, I know the Troya brothers are big Seinfeld fans. Mm. Um, Jeremy Troya, who's becoming my least favorite of the Troya brothers. Yeah, clearly, clearly number three, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mostly based on his insistence that Major League Two is better than the original. Um, so I've kind of I, I've blocked him on Twitter. Um, but I think the cast of Seinfeld, but not necessarily the the main characters. Maybe some of the peripheral characters that yes. were prominent over the years would be interesting. I don't know. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a big Friends guy too, so um, I could see some some Friends characters racing as well being interesting, but. It's actually really funny. I had down minor Seinfeld characters also. Um, Peterman, <laughs> I think, is, is a natural fit. Um, Jackie Childs, Putty. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I crazy thing is I actually had friends down too, but instead of racing, they all just beat the crap out of Ross because he's a massive <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> um, what do you have for us, Adam? All right, so... Actually, I, I came up with two because I thought we were fairly contemporaneous. And I was worried that one of y'all would grab one of these. So 
Um, the, my main one was, all right, so here's the idea. Ghostbusters. So you got the four guys, and you've got like a robotic Slimer that's like zigzagging <laughs> down the sidelines. And they have like lasso ropes or something running with the big heads. And they're chasing it, and whoever can get to Slimer first. And these lasso ropes are like, you know, on a uh, what looks like one of their proton guns. Um, and they're just running down the sidelines, you know, just trying to get the Slimer. Um, <laughs> I would love that to was, see that. <laughs> my other one is the A-Team. Um, oh, you know, outstanding. I mean, how could, how, how could you not, you know, want to see B.A. Baracus, you know, with the heavy chains out there and Murdoch and, and Hannibal in face? Um, and, uh, you know, you could come up with, with something, you know, very creative with, um, you know, how with the, the bullpen carts, you know, you just have like an A-team cart come up and they all just jump out and start running. And, you know, I, I think it, it could get pretty creative from there. So that that's that's what I came up with. Those would be brilliant. Um, my other one was the Golden Girls. I haven't seen the show, but I, I know the idea of four elderly <laughs> ladies running through the outfield. Probably hilarious. fairly entertaining. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can on Twitter. Um, let's start with you guys. Uh, Adam, you are at Adam Dubbin and your uh, tiger video or bite videos. Excuse me. One minute. One minute highlights. Uh, is that is that daily? So uh, that actually sprouted out of a, a project I had back in 2016. The last time the Tigers were, you know, threatening to get to the playoffs and uh, vaguely so that, remember that season, those days yeah <laughs> well if you if you vaguely remember you can go back and i have all of the games um you know summarized in one minute highlights and uh so that's something that was on my youtube channel um that kind of sprouted the idea of turning it into a twitter um account where i can um start to really push a lot of the video stuff that i do beyond just that out there um i am thinking about doing another tiger bite series um, but I want to do it more uh, based on the minors. So once the minor leagues begin, I think I'm going to do a weekly highlight reel of all of the best plays uh, in the minor leagues. Um, so that's that. So that's at Tiger Bites video. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, if you, if you were waiting for like ten or a full minute of of major league highlights, you might want to go for like a week or or two weeks at a time because I, I think we might take that long to accumulate that many that many highlights yeah i mean you know the return on investment with my time is you know that's one of the reasons why i didn't take it up for the the following seasons after yeah, 2016 that's, that's smart um, but i'm trying to evolve and you know and come up with a way to still use those skills to you know get the fan base you know interested and uh you know just um create some media for people to enjoy and you know get through these hard times because eventually <laughs> we'll get to the other side hopefully hopefully and uh so we all kind of have to rely on each other to, to pull, us, pull each other through. That's right. Uh, and Keenan, you're at on Twitter at Tiger underscore Lifer, Facebook.com backslash Tigers Minor Leagues. And then the, the Minor League uh, Tracker, um, it's a podcast on iTunes. Any other like SoundCloud, et cetera? Yeah, you can find it pretty much on any podcast platform, I hope. And uh, TigersHangout.com, which seems to be kind of the, the hub for everything. I'm trying to get there, yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. And once again, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. 
So guys, I don't know if you remember this, um, but during the first four games of this young season, uh, the Tigers' offense was kind of kind of bad. Um, here are some stats that back up my thesis here. Um, and I do realize that the game is only four, uh, or se- excuse me, the season is only four games old, so this is primarily for comedic effect. Um, but Mr. Evan Woodbury tweeted, uh, the Tigers failed to score in 36 of 39 innings and struck out 50 times. Um, file that one under not ideal. Uh, through the first 34 innings of the new year, we had two runs on 14 hits and a grand total of 11 at-bats with runners in scoring position, which I, I'm given to know is less than than what potent offenses do. We are second from the bottom uh, in baseball, in OPS, and in the space of four games, we've hit 13 less homers than the Dodgers. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Where is you guys' level of concern with the lineup right now? Uh, let's start with Adam. Well, when you when you paint a picture like that, there's only up to go from, right? <laughs> um, so, so you know, it is really a small sample size, and you know, I have some concerns about you know these guys coming up from Florida in the bright light, you know, the bright sunlight, and now being in a dome That's true. Uh, yep. with the the fluorescent lights, um, and and playing on an artificial surface when you're used to uh, playing a mostly natural surface. I mean, they do have some artificial surfaces back there on the backfields. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you saw, uh, Jamier, uh, Candelario, um, just kind of, you know, not do really well. And then five, you know, suddenly go a uh, five or six. Um, so, you know, it, things turn around very, very quickly. I, uh, I personally cannot get worked up about four games as much as I, you know, want to try to, you know, extrapolate something. It's, it, you know, I'm just going to look like a fool if I say too much about it. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is four games. The 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 J staff isn't exactly elite, um, but it is four games. And I feel like Keen. I feel like it's um, it's all a matter of expectations. Like we weren't expecting to be a top half offense. This isn't maybe quite as much of a surprise as you would hope that a a terrible series like this would be. Yeah, I you know, and Adam, I'm glad you said that about the lighting because I tweeted that out yesterday and I couldn't decide if that was the dumbest thing I ever thought of in my life. <laughs> or if it actually had some merit. But, you know, they're playing in, in pure daylight every single day in the Florida sunshine, and then they come indoors. But, you know, these are professionals. They should be able to adjust. Um, and, you know, as far as expectations, yeah, everything's a little backwards right now. I think the the expectation, you kind of look at the lineup and you say, all right, this isn't a, this isn't a great lineup. But they should be able to put bat on ball and, uh, and score a few runs. And your expectation is that this pitching staff is going to get shelled and they go out and, and look like, you know, Denny McLean and, and Mickey Lowich. Now, now I've suggested to Whitney that it's a it's a possible Space Jam situation where the the pitchers have sucked the talent from the hitters and then have used it to make themselves better. Uh, how do you feel about about people saying that on the internet? The internet's a crazy place, man. I've been here for the entire the entire life of it. And, uh, you know, that's what makes it kind of fun sometimes is, you know, people, people come up with stuff. Yeah, I'm (laughs) just kidding. I haven't actually seen that on the internet. Just, uh, just a personal theory. But, but, I mean, it's almost, I mean, there's rule 34, which doesn't apply here, but maybe that's a rule 36 or 37, that there's a joke you make about something on the internet that's actually true Mm. um, at some node, uh, you know, in uh, the timeline. Yeah, we we Um, for sure can't prove that it's not true. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the, <laughs> you couldn't, I couldn't help but notice through the four games, the, the big theme was strikeouts. Um, clearly strikeouts aren't 
as much of an issue in baseball as they were seen to be several years ago. Um, but excessive level for us, like Mikey, he's looked completely lost. Obviously Jamer had the five hits. What was it yesterday? Still a ton of strikeouts. Um, we knew it was going to be a low contact team, but even guys like Jordy Mercer, like, I don't know that that bit has me a little concerned though. I really do hope it comes down to your, your lighting theory. Um, which, which honestly, tr- like it tracks, it makes sense. It's such a different, um, and you know, obviously we'll, we'll be playing at Yankee stadium here shortly and hopefully we can get it rolling. He says with a question mark yeah. at the end of the sentence. <laughs> yeah. And Brandon day made a uh, comment. Um, one of my colleagues uh, about the, the blue background as well. Mm-hmm. And even, um, Jack Morris and Shep noted that they've got that like lit LED um, yeah. uh, wall out there. So it's an odd environment when you've been, you know, out like, you know, in, in the middle of Florida uh, for a month. So being, I mean, personally, as, as an athlete, I played both indoor and outdoor as a water polo player uh, collegiately. And um, there was a very, very huge, there was a massive difference between the two. And I had to prepare differently uh, for the two because of the different ways that the light would, you know, play off the water. Hmm. Um and in the same way, I imagine that batters have to deal with that, uh, with the, the way the light plays off the, the turf or, you know, the, the grass or, you know, the, the surroundings. Um, but um, I would uh, what I really what really concerns me, though, is that we've heard this rhetoric from the team that they want to cut down on strikeouts, you know, throughout the the entire system. Um, and we haven't really seen that in the minors. We didn't see a lot of that in spring training. And then, you know, we come out of, of the gates this season, you know, on, you know, with a, a torrid pace, uh, <laughs> if I may say, you, you know, may, that, yeah. that, that would be the, that's the trend. I would say that most concerns me um, about where we are at this point um, with the short sample size of the new season, but also retrospectively looking at, you know, where we're coming from and where we're supposed to be. Uh, Keenan, is there anyone after the first four games that have kind of jumped off the page at you in a good way? Um, and no, no is an acceptable answer here. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think, I think Nico is kind of, I mean, obviously I would say that I'm, I'm Nico's biggest fan. Uh, but I feel like he's the only one that's kind of been consistently turning in at least good at bats. Um, I, I, it's, it's obviously yeah. an extremely relevant term, um, but uh, I feel like a- after four games, our lineup looks limited on guys who are actually capable of making things happen. Guys that you that come up and you're like, oh, some, something good co- could result from this at bat. And he's shockingly yeah. like kind of at the top of that list right now, you know, obviously behind behind Nick Nicholas, excuse me. Sure. Yeah. No, I will say, uh, let me retract that uh, on one side of the ball, Grayson Griner. Has, mm. has made made this pitching staff dramatically better just with his framing ability and his pitch calling. Um, I, I, it's it's noticeable. It jumps out at us, and I just hope he can hit a, a little bit because he's he's he looked overmatched last year, and uh, he's so far this year he's looked completely overmatched too. So, uh, but I I love his work behind the dish. Yeah, got to agree. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's go from the not great to the to the pretty great. Let's slide over and discuss what's been seen on the mound so far. 
Um, I, I discussed with you guys that we'll, we'll deep dive Turnbull here in a, in a minute. But first, let's quick discuss the veterans. Uh, Zimmerman was brilliant on opening day. Um, obviously, he took the perfect game into the seventh. Um, but even more than the stat line, like he looked really good in, out. He was working quick. He was getting ahead of guys. Um, Eric has, I don't, I don't know if he came up with this or if he just, you know, parroting it, but uh, the new old man Zimmerman narrative that he's mastered the old man pitching style and has reinvented himself into a crafty ace. Are you guys seeing that? What I'm seeing is a, a movie I've seen before. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Have we not seen this happen before? Yeah. Um, uh, and speaking of old man, uh, Lynn Henning, actually last season said something very similar uh, going into things. And he was, he was on the right track. I mean, Zimmerman looked a little better, um, but really just started to falter again around June. Um, so I just feel like this is, you know, part three of, uh, uh, or part four. I mean, it's, it, I don't even know. It's like Groundhog Day with, with Zimmerman. So um, it, that, that's kind of my take. I don't really know what to say until we see him in the next outing. Yeah, Eric would be thrilled to know that he shares an opinion with with Lynn Henning. I, I'll definitely be <laughs> sure and te- text him that one. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. Um, what I did really like about it, he was ahead of just about everyone he faced, which um, it seems like in the past Zimmerman's been a guy that's been a little fine, kind of nibbling on the corners too much when he's not leaving balls down the middle of the plate to get hit four hundred feet. Um, I, that that was impressive to me. Um, I'm maybe a little bit more buying in. Um, than you are. I've picked him up in a few deep fantasy teams. Not, 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 no 10 team leagues, but the deeper ones. Um, but, you know, who knows? Worth a gamble. Yeah, I'd, it, it would be so beneficial if we could get literally any return on that investment. Um, Keenan, tell me that you're all in. Give, give, give us a little bit more confidence. Um, well, you know, I'll concur with Eric's theory that he, Zimmerman is this sort of old man, crafty, wily veteran now and he's accepted that that's his new way of getting hitters out um and i do think you'll probably see a few more uh outings like we saw on thursday throughout the season um but i don't expect that to be a a regular occurrence i think it'll be sprinkled in and um i think we got to remember that go take a look at that blue jays lineup and let me know how many names you could identify uh, before that lineup was posted on your TV screen, because that's a bad lineup. It's yep. basically a bunch of four A guys and a veteran like Jordan Zimmerman should abuse hitters like that on a regular basis. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that that you made a bad choice in picking him up in deep fantasy <laughs> leagues at all, but um, I, you know, and 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 I, I don't know if we're going to talk about Matt Moore either, but uh, kind of the same thing. Um, I think we all just need to kind of temper our expectations uh, based on a single outing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're clearly uh, four games into the year, you know, on a, on a weekly show. You are kind of making snap snap judgments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I commend you for, you know, take, making a ballsy move, you know, because it could pay off well for you. Um, and we hope as Tiger fans, we hope it pays off for you, to be honest with you. I sure. Um, yeah, I sure you so. didn't pick I, up Daniel Stumpf, did you? I, I would never put that on my team <laughs> with with all due respect to Daniel. Daniel's actually an Eric favorite. He loves the the F at the end of his name, which 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 tracks. Well, um, let's move. Let's move on to Matt Moore. Um, obviously. It was funny that you used the phrase, this is a movie we've seen before, um, with Zimmerman, because I feel like this is kind of a, a movie that baseball, 
you know, fans have seen before with Matt Moore. Like in that one game sample size, like you see how he was on a top five uh, prospect list with, with Trout and Harper. Like he was really, really good, um, you know, but <laughs> I, I'm I would love for Matt Moore to turn into a tradable piece. I'm I'm going to need to see it more than once before I'm there. How about you guys? Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Keenan. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. He he looked like everything we hoped Daniel Norris could be. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good. That's a really good description. Um, for me, you know, again, I I think that you know the lighting thing would probably affect both teams because you know uh, Toronto's out in Dunedin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know, in fact, right next to the ocean as well. Uh, there's plenty bright out there. Um, so it was just a, it was just one of those sort of beginning series where you know the pitchers had you know the edge whether it's the lighting thing or something else it just seemed like um, it was a it was a pitcher series more so just more so than just the talent really there was just something that was that was on their side. Yeah, um, I want to touch on Boyd real quickly because I, I don't know that there's anything we can draw from from his one start. And, and I, ha- I have a little bit of an observation on him. And I want you guys to tell me if I'm ho- if I'm, you know, looking with my heart and reading too much into this. But he looked different out there. Like He looked like to me he was carrying himself different. Like he knows he's one of the core guys that if he doesn't get it done, it's just not getting done. And he looked more confident out there. You know, obviously he, he threw five five innings. He did strike out ten had the one blow up inning. Am I, am I reading too much into, you know, body language on the mound? Well, let me disclaim first. Um, you know, Boyd is uh, my breakout player. Okay. Um, he's, he's the guy who like, I'm really looking to, 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 to break out and do something big. Um, so I'm, I'm a little biased. I kind of want him to, you know, the 10 strikeouts and in five innings. That's, you know, that's, that's really impressive. Um, but that's kind of unboyd like, and he had that second time through the order issue um, that plagues most of our pitchers. Um, <laughs> Always you know, fun. <laughs> you know, and, and, but when, you know, once you uh, when you look at the bookends of that just one bad in- inning, you know, if you if you if you porcello that one inning, as we like to say, <laughs> um, you know, he actually has a really nice outing. So um, you know, I, I think I, I I don't know about his mindset. Uh, but I do think that he's getting into a, a, um, now a point where he's a veteran. Um, he's got some innings under his belt, and um, he knows what he wants to do. And uh, yeah, I, I think that there is maybe I can't really project for him, but he, that he's he's going out there and saying, "This is my ball. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make things happen." Yeah, and that, and that would be huge. Like, not not saying that Zimmerman's not a leader, but he doesn't strike me as the. Um anchor of a rotation of Verlander that kind of makes the other starters better. Um, and, you know, it, a good, good staffs have that. If, if we could get Boyd kind of becoming the man, I think that would filter down to some of the lesser pitchers, specifically as some of the kids come up. Um, now, Adam, I know you have a piece coming out on Spencer Turnbull. This is a guy that I spewed all kinds of good nonsense for last week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying in hook, line, and sinker. Talk to us about why Spencer Turnbull is that dude. Well, I can speak for the last two games that he's pitched, the Futures game and uh, the game that we all saw against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, when, when you look at his uh, fan graphs projection, 
Um, his weaker pitch is his curveball, which is actually what has been standing out to me lately. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with that 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 uh, four seamer and that uh, that sinker combo, and that plays nicely. Um, but having sort of that a yellow hammer is really like what we saw here, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you if, if you or your your listeners got to see any of those clips, um, but we saw some really really nasty pitches from him. So you know, um, Fangraphs really likes his fastball. They they there's there's a rating for the change which we didn't see much of, um, and then he's got that slider um, curveball. Uh, a combination that he's really using nicely. So his curveball is from the 74 to 77 range on the Lakeland gun, um, but it was up into like about 81 on the uh, Toronto um, Roger Center gun. And um, and the slider is a little bit higher. Uh, uh, Fangraphs has a cutter for him, um, but there's really no indication he truly throws a cutter. I think they're just using, um, you know, some sort of uh, a robotic uh, measurements and they're just going off of that because that that hard slider that he has does have sort of cutting action though it's just that it has a lot more uh, horizontal movement to it um so i like what i saw um you know he but he is what he is you know he's a young bull um not too young though 26 years old uh he fits into the new paradigm of the starter and the piggyback mm-hmm. idea i think best um, because he can go once through the order and maybe a little bit more. Um, and if you compare him with, let's say, uh, Daniel Norris, who's you know pitching well, um, you can just pretty much terrorize a, a lineup uh, with those two. So that that's what I think of him. Yeah, and I feel like we talked about this um, during the fall last year. There was the article that came out that said the garden hire would consider using an opener and kind of going with some of the new newer methods of using a pitching staff. Um, I'm not sure that Garden Hire is the right guy to do it, but I, I completely agree. I hadn't really considered that, that, you know, pairing him with a Norris or even a Blaine Hardy, um, obviously had to get a, a Blaine Hardy reference in. It's been been 27 minutes, clearly. Clearly he had to get Blaine a Hardy is actually a great, Blaine Hardy takes it a notch down. Um, that would actually be even a better suggestion, to be honest with you, um, because he's going to be, you know, a couple of, uh, he'll be a, a velocity belt a little bit uh, short of where Turnbull was yeah. and uh, a little bit softer. That's nice. Yeah, in, in in a good way. Um, okay, so yes. Heenan, he's he's clearly. Um, I, I think he said he was nineteen on our our uh, MLB play, uh, prospect rating. Um, he's he's a guy who's shown big league stuff. What exactly is keeping him from from being that top prospect? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'll I'll go as far as to say that outside of Mize and Manning, he's got the best pure stuff in the organization, um, and I think what's kind of kept him further down on prospect lists is he always has every year. He seems to have some sort of little injury. Um, it's not, he's never had anything serious, but it's like little shoulder impingement, stuff like that once a year. So while he is 26 and he was a college draftee, he's still kind of young in pitching years. Um, but and his numbers won't wow you either. But if anybody who watched him in the minors last year with Erie, and especially when he got up to Toledo, he was devastating at times. Uh, he does he does run into a little situation, um, kind of like Funkhauser and Burroughs, where he nibbles um, and, and struggles when he gets to the second and, and especially into the third time through a lineup. So he's gonna he, his pitch count will tend to rise uh, and and have trouble getting through six and seven innings at a time. Most people think. 
assumed heading into last year that he was definitely a bullpen profile. Um, but he's, he's, he's putting it together and when he's confident out there, um, he really keeps hitters off balance. He's not afraid to throw anything in any count. Um, so he, he's one of my favorites. Um, I, I hope he stays in the rotation. Um, but you know, he's going to experience some ups and downs like any young pitcher is going to. Yeah. And in a season, in a season like this, this is the, the ultimate time to let him go through said ups and said downs. Just... Yeah. I mean, but fortunately we have those, uh, stellar corner outfielders <laughs> <laughs> or even really the, the defense up the middle. I don't know what you're talking about. Matt Shepard and, and uh, Jack Morris are, are thrilled to see the the Pittsburgh middle infield combo to come over. Clearly, they're, they're gold glove quality. Now, um, you guys uh, each kind of gave me some, some prospects that you have strong opinions on. Um, you guys know the system far better than us and far better than most of our listeners. Um, so I'm just going to read off a name. Whoever is Whoever wants to jump in, um, just rattle off the hot take or whatever you guys feel about them. Um, and then we'll just, we'll just kind of go through and, and have some fun. Uh, first off, Keenan, let's start with Jake Rogers. Do you feel anything about him? <laughs> uh, I, I love Jake Rogers. I hope Jake Rogers pans out. I have serious issues with Jake Rogers offensive approach. Um, it doesn't look the same. Anytime I see him, he's constantly tweaking things. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, I like to look for a quiet swing. Mm-hmm. His is not quiet. There's a lot of motion. Um, giant leg kick, which you know some hitters can get away with, but he's not one of them. He ends up with a lot. Of, he ends up with a lot of. Uh, he ends up with his his shifting his weight too early, and it makes him vulnerable on breaking balls. And he, I think he struggles with even mediocre velocity. I think he struggles with plate coverage. I don't like his two strike approach. Like there's not a lot that I like about his offensive approach, other than the fact that. He does have some good raw power and he does draw a walk. So that leaves like a, a window of opportunity for him. Um, but I, I just think the the problems that he has at double A are just going to get accentuated when he gets to major league pitching and they're going to sequence him to death. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. And, now uh, he, he's, he's continued to develop at every level. Like even in college, he, he was not a good hitter his freshman year. He got much better. He, like he's a very gradual improver. He doesn't make dramatic leaps. So hopefully we'll we'll see some improvement out of him this year. Now he's an incredible receiver from what I've read. Is is that going to carry him up to the big leagues despite a questionable bat? Oh yeah, without question. I mean he's he's a devastating catcher, a, a, a phenomenal receiver, um, and he's actually a weapon when there's runners on base. Like not just not just throwing out runners. Like he's a threat to. Uh, pick you off at any given moment. So he saves runs just by the fact that you can't be snoozing over there. I feel like I say this to Eric every week, but you can afford to have a a player in the lineup who is there for defense when the rest of your lineup is, is pretty decent. Like we can hide him in the, in the eight spot if he's that good behind the plate. But when you have remember Brandon Inge, yeah, there you go. But when you have Jacoby in center and you have Jordy Mercer at shortstop and pretty much all the other guys we have, like, it becomes much harder, but all right, let's move on. Uh, Derek Hill. Who, who is in on Derek Hill? Uh, That'd be Keenan. I would actually know more about Jake Rogers uh, than Derek Hill. <laughs> no, I, I'm not in on Derek Hill. Um, but it was the first time I got to see him in person and, um, the Florida state league games aren't on, aren't televised on MILB TV. So I couldn't even see him, uh, on TV last season. 
the speed is very, very real. Like it's frightening. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a human being go first to third as fast as he did. Um, but, but when you watch him swing and you watch him make contact, there's nothing, there's nothing there that leads you to believe that there's going to be an offensive profile that carries him to the big leagues. Um, he, he's strictly a defensive replacement, probably an org outfielder. Um, I would be really surprised if, if he blossoms into something else. I'm hoping that the move to Erie um, the change of environment is beneficial to him, um, but I don't see anything in the offensive profile that leads me to believe it will be. Who's the guy from the uh, Royals that's only had like four career at bats and has like all those stolen bases? You know what I'm talking about? Shocking lack of knowledge here. I, I feel like I, should... <laughs> no, I am drawing the the blankest blank that's ever blanked. To be honest with you, I'm sure, all the listeners are screaming at the. You, you... The listers, point, yeah, yeah. Point being that that's how fast he is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Very. Terrence Gore is. Am I? Is that the right name? Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Adam, you, you want to talk about Alex Fayetto? Tell us something good about him, please. Yeah. So his his velocity is up. Is it okay? Um, that, that's a good start. So, oh, that I mean, that's the uh, that's uh, that actually is one of the more critical things. So you know, the the biggest problem was that. You know, he had lost velocity. He was out of shape. Um, so I saw him a couple times in the backfield. He's a big boy. Um, and when I say a big boy, like, he's got a big frame. And so a lot of people, you know, dog him on his conditioning. Um, but he's kind of, you know, he's got more of a basketball frame than he does a baseball frame. And I think Keenan would agree with me. Um, it, and so, um, you know, he's got to – he's got a little bit of work refining his mechanics to his um, his body – um, as it's just now starting to fill out, um, the body he's in right now is not the body that he played in uh, when he played at Florida. Um, so getting his velocity back up is, you know, the the good part. Um, I saw him pitch several innings. Um, he looked good at sometimes. He looked bad at sometimes. I'm not privy to uh, what he's working on at the moment, so I don't know if they're just working on change-ups or working on sliders or. You know, so I can't really judge his progress just based on what I see. Uh, but um, from what I can tell, you know, he's back there. He's working out. Like I said, his velocity is up. And so I think he's moving in the right direction. Well, we'll see in the minors um, from the results as he faces, you know, real live, a true competition. Yeah, I feel like the more more I've read and the more I've seen, I'm I'm hoping for a, a good outcome, maybe fearing for the worst. All right, last one. Um, Willie Castro, I'm assuming, Keenan, this, this one's you. Uh, I, I saw him quite a bit this spring, too, um, in, in the big league games, and I, I developed a fairly strong opinion. I'm, I'm curious where, where you come down on him. Um, well, Adam and I watched him take some batting practice on a, on a practice field, and... Um... He's, he's a big, thick kid, um, and he was hitting towering home runs from the right side. He looks like a natural right-handed hitter, um, so I think he's the type of guy that could do some damage against lefties someday. Um, and I know our buddy Chris Brown over at, at Tigstown was, was really impressed with his defense and arm strength throughout spring also. So a guy that we were calling a 45 grade, so sort of a tick below average shortstop prospect. Hey, maybe he's got a chance to be a 50, um, you know, an everyday regular shortstop kind of based on what, what we're seeing out of him. 
Okay, cool. That and and fun. really the crack of that bat when he hit the ball, it would sounded a lot different than everybody else in that batting practice. God like that. I I I mean, obviously, I've I've seen far far li- more limited swings from him, but I I definitely think that he is kind of the, the shortstop of the future, um, at least based on what I've seen. All right, so. You guys were both down uh, this spring, and uh, I, I asked you if you had any any interesting or, or funny anecdotes um, from the backfield. Enlighten us into the experience of, of Tiger Town, the, the backfields down down in Lakeland. <laughs> so, who who do you want to go first? I mean, Keenan can give his version, and I can give mine. There we go. Sounds sounds good. Um, well, I mean, the most memorable experience, you know, obviously this was both of our first time back there. So we didn't quite know the etiquette. Um, I think Adam has a little more experience with media credentials than I do. So I was just trying to mind my own business and not get in anyone's way. Um, so as we were, <laughs> as we were preparing to watch um, a Tigers minor league game against the Braves system, um, we were real excited because we, we were told Bo Burrows, Matt Manning and Fajardo were getting two innings apiece. Um, so, and all, you know, at some point, 60 players in minicamp all just start walking towards the field at the, you know, sort of trickling in little by little. Um, So it was, it was super exciting. And then there was a coach sitting on a plastic folding table next to me where I was just trying to get out of the sun because I was roasting like a lobster. Um, And this groundskeeper walked by him and said something to him. And the next thing I know, they were nose to nose, um, like ready to throw down. And I, and, and I could tell by the way that they were talking to each other and, and the stances that they were in, that both of them had been in real scraps before. And I am quite literally within arm's reach of them on Twitter, trying not to look up from my phone um, as they are tasting each other's breath waiting for someone to make a move. It's a, it was hilarious. They, they carried on this charade for longer than made me comfortable. Me too. I was but, sold. I was totally sold. But ultimately, they were just messing around with each other. It was, it was the famous groundskeeper down there, Amp. Uh, I think it's Amp Milton, uh, who's been down there for a really long time, and he just loves to mess with people. And, uh, His name is he, Amp. Yeah, uh, the, the Detroit uh, Free Press, or uh, was yep. it the Free um, that did a piece on him back in 2017? Yeah, yeah, and so he he's quite the character, and and I saw him in the they have a little hospitality tent for like the workers in the stadium, and folks with media credentials can swing by and grab water and stuff, and I tried to return the favor to him later in the day, and uh, got a good <laughs> chuckle out of it. <laughs> so you you didn't didn't threaten him in any any way. I just walked up behind him and I was like, is there a problem here? <laughs> and, uh, he got a good laugh out of it. And so that was a good memorable experience for me. Yeah. So, so, so there, I think there was more to that, that story, right? Kenan, are you just leaving that to me or, uh, do, so, uh, so back on the backfields when this amp guy, right, he was messing around with us. Um, and Keenan, like he said, was, was there, you know, uh, on his phone looking like he was tweeting. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and and so this, this exchange went on before us. Now, um, you know, I, I, I'm significantly hearing impaired. So, like, when I'm in a, a situation where things are going on around me and I can't divert my attention, um, I'll just, just t- uh, tune it out. So I knew there was an altercation going on, but 
you know, not my circus, not my monkeys, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so, so I let them do it. And then as it heated up, though, um, much like Keenan, I was kind of like, okay, maybe something's going on here. So after after the story culminated, as, as he described, uh, Jim Leland came to the backfield, and he got, got in on the act, right? So this guy starts barking at Leland. Leland's standing at one of the the, um, <laughs> the benches, and he starts barking at Leland. And Leland comes around, and uh, a lot of cuss words were exchanged. And then, and then they all just started laughing and shaking hands. It was just the funniest thing I have ever seen. And it was, um, it, it was you know, it was... It was it was a spring training experience that you know um, I could not convey to anybody else, especially to you know somebody like Jim Leland getting in on the act with this this groundskeeper who's just out there taking the piss out of everybody, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and like, who else can you more imagine that story being involved with than than Jim Leland? Like, I, I picture him <laughs> exactly. doing that kind of stuff just just daily for fun. Yeah, I kind of actually, I, I don't know if I did, but I felt like I may have nudged uh, Keenan at some point and just kind of like, is this happening? What's going on here? Um, so, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's, yep. that's amazing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, let's move on to power rankings. Um, as many of you out there know, um, the Copa de la Div Diversión, uh, my, my Spanish is rough, rusty, um, is a yearly event um, in which some of the minor league baseball teams honor uh, Latin heritage in the game um, and, and some of the, the Latin communities within within each of the individual cities. Um, and they, they kind of rename the teams. They come out with some, some new logos. Uh, for those games and honestly just top to bottom they are awesome like i i love hats i love bright colors these are just a, a perfect fit for me like if if i had independent wealth i'd probably buy buy just about all of them um so anyway we are going to power rank uh the top seven and bottom three of the uh the copa hats and i hope this that you enjoy uh, me doing the power rankings. I believe this is is my first time. And Adam, I know you also have have your list. So maybe as I go uh, do my number seven, then you can do your number seven, and we can kind of just uh, go we're back doing reverse order, right? Yeah, go, we're going we'll go, to, 10 we'll to go seven to one. Yep. Oh, seven. Okay, I went with ten. Right. I mean, okay. we live in a base ten world. <laughs> oh, why don't you go ten ten through <laughs> what ten through eight, and then then we'll we'll go back and forth from there. Okay, yeah, I can do that. So um, number 10 for me is Hickory Llamas. Um, Ooh, yes. I like the llamas. You know, I, I like llamas. The, the llamas are cool. 
And um, the way that they portrayed it uh, on the logo was kind of, you know, it was pleasant to the eye. Okay, um, so that that's top five at least. And here's why. Okay. There's, cool. a, there, there's a furniture leg hanging out of the llama's mouth, and it looks like a doobie. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to amend this then. Um, so, yeah, I, I do – I. Touche. That's funny. Yeah. I th- I thought it was a kazoo coming out of like <laughs> like a party kazoo. <laughs> but the the thing that I like it. most about that one is that you know how like hats have the little holes. I guess for like for breathing, each of the holes seems to be like a different pastel color, which is just awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's very it's very aesthetic. Yes, nice. definitely. So for number nine, I went with West Michigan. Okay, right. Um. So that was the. Uh, um, again, my, um, uh, no, ha- the, the habla of the Espanol here is tough, but, uh, cal- uh calaveras, I, I've been to Cuba a couple of times. But I'm just, I'm not good. Uh, calaveras. So this is the, um, this goes in the, uh, Dia de los uh, Muertos, uh, tradition. And they do a really good job, um, you know, conveying that in the art for it. And they do the, uh, yeah, just the, the way that they do it. I really dig it. So that's that was my number nine. Yeah, I like the there's like kind of a three one three hidden in there, which is the what would that be area code in in Grand Rapids? Um, I thought that was really wait no it must be. I, is it six one six? Yeah, I, mean, what is yeah I, think, I think my mind is on eight mile. Yeah, I think it's six one six. So I was gonna say something about it because but that's outside of my um my. My jurisdiction. Yeah, no, so. no, you're you're spot on there. That is that is definitely not, not Grand Rapids. And the the like white cap kind of makes up. What would that be like? The chin of the the thing. It's pretty. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's groovy. I dig it. Um, uh, number eight was a uh, Lake County picantes. Um, I like picante. I like hot sauce. Um, you know, I'm I'm from Florida here, and uh, you know, like uh, I've actually been immersed in um, Hispanic culture my entire life. In fourth grade, we had to learn the uh, Pledge of Allegiance in um, Spanish. Um, so while I don't get it off my tongue very well, I actually kind of know it um, from you know a vocabulary standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. So um, I, I dig it. I like the fiery pepper. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's very so that, like it's very charming pepper. Like you can tell he's got some swagger to him. I mean, he looks like, you know, you should probably just back off and give him his space. <laughs> Definitely. So that gives you number seven to start with, right? So I'll let you take it from there. All right. So my number seven uh, is the Caballeros de Charlotte, which if you can't figure out is the is the Charlotte Knights. Um, it's kind of a, a lovely green color, and it has this, like, Don Quixote looking... Um, horse steed stallion i don't know whatever whatever you want to call it but um i I like cartoon animals i'm not gonna lie and i feel like that's that's a good one i I would definitely buy that one it reminds me of ucf's uh logo yeah there you go yeah i agree with that i haven't made that connection but i think you're right all right keenan okay keenan's not gonna add to this no, I don't remember up. that one. I don't remember that one. All right. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you have? We Adam? can cut that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. We'll definitely cut that. <laughs> oh, you want me to pick one? No. Uh, no, no, I, no, you don't have to. Go ahead and read the rest of these while we're cutting. Just go ahead and read the, uh, read the rest of these, and then I'll tell you what mine are. Okay. Sounds good. Um, number six, I have the Gallo de Delmarva, which would be the Delmarva shorebirds. Um, it's like a red and turquoise hat with like a, a fighting chicken on the front. 
Um, it's very feisty. Um, it reminds me of the little Jerry Seinfelds, uh, or little Jerry Seinfeld on the, on the one Seinfeld episode that the Kramer trains up to be in a, in a cockfight, um, which I don't condone, but, um, you know, it, I, I think it's cool. I, th- I think the guy is, is, is a neat little, neat little dude. Um, yeah, I like that. I mean, the little dinosaurs, you know, they can be pretty fierce too. So yeah, I like it. That's true. Uh, at five, I did have the 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 Yama Stay Hickory, um, so I'll move on to four. Um, number four, I have the Ocelots de Greensboro, which is the Greensboro gran- Grasshoppers. Ocelot is like a a cat of of some sort. Um, yeah, it, that, that was my number five. Uh, the Greensboro Ocelot. Yeah, that's sweet. It's like it's like a black hat with a, a neon green bill. Um, and the ocelot on the front has like a big old piece of, of lumber. Looks like he's about to go yard and like bat flip the crap out of some middle reliever. <laughs> um, number three, the pinatas de Erie. I specifically like this one because it's within the tiger system. Um, but there's it's a red and white with a turquoise bill and a, like a pinata on the front, but like actually a really cool looking pinata. It's like a, a sheep or a bull or I don't know exactly what um but it looks like it's ready to be you know busted apart at some like seven-year-old's birthday party um (laughs) i don't know i'm a sucker for for festive stuff like that absolutely um number two all right here's here's my spanish pronunciation the sonyadoras de hillsborough um Hillsboro hops is, is the American. Um, but it, it appears to be like a, a coyote or a wolf. I'm not exactly sure what it, what it translates to. Um, I had considered that one, but the, the, the wolf I think is, is what makes it cool. Cause it's got like all kinds of different, I'm making hand gestures that <laughs> neither you nor the listeners can see, but it's it, like patterns on it. it. It kind of almost looks like a piece of Southwestern art. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I think it looks really cool. Um, so that was my number two one. And then number one, staying within the state of Michigan, the Lansing logo, uh, locos, um, which are the Lansing oh. lug nuts. So uh-huh. to me, this one is like the perfect minor league hat. Like you have your, your light blue and your yellow brim. And then you have the cartoon owl, just like straight up going loco. He's got his tongue sticking out. Um, I guess it's just, it's just kind of the, the, it sums up the perfect minor league hat for me. And it's bright, and you know I, I'm sucked in. The first time I see yeah. one, I'm I'm for sure purchasing one of those. I see what you see. Yeah. All right. So, so what, what what else do you have so on the for list? Me, so, so what I have. Uh, so my number six was the Memphis uh, musician uh, Musica. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of music. Um, you know, it's a uh, and, and you know that's Memphis's trademark, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's just kind of a uh, you know the neon thing going on there. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, the, I like the, it. the colors are awesome. I, I agree. Uh, number five was the ocelots, as I uh, mentioned before, and for basically the same reasons you said. Um, they're pretty. Uh, 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 I like them. Yeah. It's nice. Um, then number four was the Lansing logo, uh, locos, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you always like a zany character in your minor league uh, um, logos, your minor league uh, um, uh, mascots. And so this one in particular, I could see playing out quite well, um, or maybe playing out tor- terribly. Uh, but I'm willing to, to gamble. I'm willing to take that chance on this particular logo. Um, so that's not my number four. And number three, the Eugene uh, Monarchs. So the moment I saw this, 
the first thing I thought about, because this is, you know, Hispanic-based, uh, was the, the butterfly. And I was very, very pleased that that was the, um, that was the reason for it. And so um, the monarch butterfly is a very regal, um, as the name implies, I suppose, uh, <laughs> you know, a regal butterfly that, you know, I really like and I've always been really interested in. So I, I dig stuff like that. Plus, Number I like two, that he's got the little crown on it. Like, I feel like that kind of cements the look. Oh, for sure. And it actually takes it a little bit over the top, just like um, a minor league logo should. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. You can't leave it at 10. Everything goes to 11. That's right. Uh, uh, number two is the Daytona Tortugas. Yes. Um, this is for several reasons. So first of all, I just like the word Tortugas. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool word, right? It mm-hmm. rolls off the tongue well for me. And um, it's also, you know, right down the, the um, I-4 from me here. Uh, also, just the, you know, the... Uh, I t- the logo just just cracks me up. You got this turtle, you know, swinging a bat. Yeah, lefty. And he's a lefty, and he's looking. You know, he's he's eyeing the pitcher down. Like it, it's a very well designed one. Mm-hmm. And I dig sea turtles as well, and that's kind of my thing. Being here in Florida, so that's uh, something that 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 connects on more than one level for me. That's what it's all and about. Num- for sure. And then number one, I'm amazed that neither of you even said anything about this. And I actually happened to live in San Antonio uh, oh. for a short time. But the flying chanclas. I want to talk about this a little bit more than the other ones, if I have a little bit of time. Because oh, by all means. <laughs> this particular logo is, is absolutely insane. So if you look at it, right. So first of all, the, uh, the, uh, the trope here is that, you know, Hispanic mothers throw their sandals at their children as a you know, as retribution for uh, the their their negative acts. And um, you know, growing up here in Florida, you know, it's not just you know not just people in, in Texas or Mexico. It, this is very widespread in that realm. And um, I have experienced a Latranca attack on several occasions. Um, so so it it sits with me. Um, in a in a way that you know, like we you said a little bit earlier, you know, it, the personal that 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 works nicely. Um, the other thing is that if you just if you just isolate the um, the sandal portion of the logo, it looks like a penis, <laughs> which, which I don't think I don't think is an accident. I think that is there on purpose, and I have to tip my my chancla. To, to to that type of you know that that type of meta approach to the uh, to the logo. So you know um, to San Antonio, you know my short term home. I, I salute you. That y'all just y'all did it again. That is brilliant. I had, I had no idea of any of that, but you are you're spot on. That was my number one. Also, Adam. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. and otherwise I was not particularly aligned with you guys. Oh, um, because I, you know, I went the extra mile here a little bit and read every single write-up on why they came up with these logos. Nerd. Just because I'm um, no, I, I, I kid, I kid. That's that's just the kind of podcast <laughs> guest I am. Um, <laughs> but the uh, Cielo Azul de Oklahoma City, they're a Dodgers affiliate. Um, and they did like a look up into a blue sky as, you know, uh, homage to Fernando Valenzuela's windup, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, um, the, the Mata Moscas de Medessa, which is the Midland Odessa rock hounds, they're fly swatters. 
And uh, the write-up is particularly interesting because it says it holds a multifaceted role in many Hispanic Latino households, bug control, discipline tool, and toy for the creative minds. So they went with the fly swatters. And I, I respect that level of creativity. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, I, sh- I agree. I should have read more of these. I didn't because, you know, reading isn't my thing. But yeah. I'll be honest with you. I just browsed them and looked at the logos. I didn't really, really read uh, some of the descriptions. I just looked for what stuck out to me as, you know, from my common knowledge, um, which is which makes our comparisons actually more, even more interesting, because uh, if we didn't read and we just kind of looked at them, you know, the way that we interpreted them is, uh, you know, uh, that's that's an interesting lens to look through. Yeah, essentially just picked what was the most visually appealing. Um, so let's see. In, in uh, As Eric would do, I have to pick a bottom three. Though, to be honest, I, I like pretty much all of them. Um, I'm just going to bust through these quickly because I don't like to d- dwell on the negative. The Greenville Drive are the Energia de Greenville. It's kind of just a fancy E. Um the colors are bright though, so so that's cool. Uh, the cielo, not to not to dog on on the blue skies, but the cielo azul de Oklahoma City, like it's kind of just a, a stylized C and an A. Like the colors are okay, and the logo is a little on the uneventful side. Uh, I'll and, agree. I'll agree with that. And the and finally the Medusas de Lakewood. Um, like I don't have an issue with the with the logo. It's like a cool pink and purple kind of jellyfish dude. Uh, but the hat is like all purple, and it's this ugly like not even a cool shade of purple like it's kind of an ugly shade of purple like that one i actually kind of actually dislike it's a cool concept that was very poorly executed (laughs) yeah like the jellyfish himself is pretty sweet well an actual medusa right like that would be kind of you know the the mythological character yeah that would be kind (laughs) of it says that it says the vibrant colors are supposed to represent the jersey shores diversity Oh, no. now, I, now I feel like a dick for, for hating on diversity. <laughs> we're talking about Jersey Shore. We're, uh, so Bingo. We don't have to get too uh, too upset. Right. <laughs> so I, I can give you my three. Um, I, actually, I actually do have the Lodi's one. So first of all, um, I don't like the soiling of corn with mayonnaise. Um, so that one just put me off straight up. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people like the Lodi's. But, you know, come on, y'all. You know, corn is – I you know, here in Florida, right, we grow some very, very good sweet corn that doesn't even need to be buttered or salted. You can just eat it, like, just freshly boiled. So it's an affront to my uh, my sensibility. <laughs> uh, the next one is the Vineros, the, the uh, Detris uh, – what is this? Uh, the Tri-City of Vineros, which is, like, this guy holding a, a bundle of grapes. And it's just, like – it looks like Microsoft clip art. Yeah, it um, does. You're so, right. And um, it's just horrible. Like, they did not put any kind of thought into it. He's got a dope um, hat, and, though. I'll give him that. It's just really bad. And <laughs> um, and they should feel bad for it. Uh, and then the, the last one is the, the Petroleros, Petroleros uh, de Tulsa, which is right below it on the page that we're probably all looking at. Um, and, you know, I'm just not really big about, you know, uh, glorifying the petroleum industry in 2019, uh, especially living in a state that is facing some issues, you know, that may or may not be connected uh, with that <clears throat> particular uh, thing. So, yeah, those are my three. It's bold saying that with when big oil, I'm sure, listens to the pod. They're going to they're going to be out after you. We have a specifically large audience within Big Oil. 
<laughs> I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of people up north who... Are, so I actually did a little activism in that uh, particular realm. And there's a lot of people up north who feel very strongly towards... Uh, the uh the petroleum natural gas industry yeah line, um, line five and, is, is the big one around here and and so i don't really want to mix my politics and uh and my baseball is any more than i have to <clears throat> hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. all right let's move on to twitter questions we're running a little long so maybe we'll just hit the highlights real quick um the first one oh if you want to get in touch with the show you can on twitter i am at jordan hall 23 the show is at podcast Yanos. and if you want to get in touch with the show and you are not on twitter you can always email us at uh podcast at gmail.com it's been a while since i've announced that one so it took me a second to remember the first one comes in from uh, at jslaw0809. Uh, Which current Tiger would you most like to see as a Dutch dancer for Tulip Time? Now, I'm gonna, I am gonna—I don't know if either of you guys are aware. Tulip Time is a festival in Holland. Um, I've not been there. It's very Dutch. Um, I'm assuming this was probably more meant for Eric because he lives in the area. Um, but... Who, which tiger would you guys like to see uh, in the in the Dutch costume dancing with wooden shoes? It's a no brainer. Okay. Uh, Daniel Norris will probably be doing that this off season. <laughs> just just for fun, just anyway. Because yeah, he's a he's a he's an explorer. He, you know, he's a world traveler. That's right up his alley. That's probably true. Adam, any any thoughts? Yes, yeah, so it's really funny you said that because that was my knee-jerk response, Daniel Norris, especially with you know the the martial arts thing. But he's so damn injury-prone. No, no, I don't want him seeing that. I want him to just you know take it easy and uh, do his routine. So with that in mind, I'm trying to think of who might be the most spry, the guy who can kind of kind of break it down and dance in wooden shoes, which is not something any of us are really. Uh, any any of us on this hemisphere, at least, are, are used to. Um, so I'm going to go with Nico Goodrum. Yeah. I think he's got some moves, you know? He looks like he's he's spry. Um, I'm going with Nico. I don't know about that he would be good at it, but I'd love to see Blaine in the... Uh in the the dutch get up trying trying to dance i, I think that would be a, a a sight to behold um all right <laughs> let's move on uh at litzner michael litzner says i was subjected to buck martinez and pat tabler called the games this weekend how were the fox sports detroit announcers now do you guys get the local announcers being being out of market uh, i listen to the fsd broadcast when i'm watching yes okay adam do you get the fox sports detroit um, I uh, have MLB TV, so I have the vast array of a different feed, so I can listen to radio and uh, both of the different announcers while it's going. Nice. Okay, so what were you guys' initial impressions of the, the Shep and, and Jack Morris team? Well, for me, um, you know, the, the, uh, the default when you pull up MLB TV is uh, it goes to the uh, Toronto team. So I was, you know, I accidentally listened to some of them uh, at first, and then I switched over to the Tigers team. So I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really hate the way that the Toronto's guys were uh, were announcing. Um, they uh, were fairly polite, as you know, Canadians are wont to be. Um, <laughs> whereas, whereas, you know, I really I, I struggled with um, with the Detroit announcers, especially. 
Um, and, you know, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to put the caveat out here that, you know, that uh, I don't know anything. You know, the things that Jack Morris knows about pitching, he's forgotten more than I know. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say that I know more than him, but there must have been something that was preventing him from seeing the pitches or just seeing what was happening or his focus was otherwise diverted because he made a a lot of really bad calls and called a lot of pitches, the things that they weren't. Um, And it it was really hard. Like I even, you know, tweeted a a screenshot of a guy with, you know, that the the classic change up grip. Um, that w- that looked like a changeup and everything, and he called it a, a, a breaking ball. And so, you know, it, a lot of people were frustrated with him, right? That mm-hmm. he was just either talking about his random musings about the past and how you know the old generation does it wrong. It was it was it was between that and then just miscalling the game itself. So, um, I would say that it was probably better to watch the Toronto guys because they knew what they were doing. <laughs> um, but I, but I want to, I want to say the counteracting that, that, you know, there's a lot of gelling that still needs to happen with Shep and Morris. And I imagine as, you know, the season goes on, Morris will settle down and, you know, maybe the, the good old days will sort of fade away and he can really focus more on the game because it's clear that he's just not, you know, it, 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 he's, he's pressing himself, I think, um, to be honest with you. Um, but it's painful. It's painful for a lot of us to watch. So I'll just leave it at that. Keenan, uh, 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 on a 1 to 10, or 20 to 80, what was your entertainment level from those two? <laughs> well, first of all, Buck Martinez is completely unlistenable. Um, <laughs> as for me, I don't get emotionally invested in the announcers because I'm typically on my phone on Twitter while I'm watching the game and I'm not really paying attention anyhow. So I'll... I'll give them, I'll give them a, a thirty uh, current value with a future value forty five is probably their ceiling. <laughs> now, what what if Johnny That's Kane fair. moved into the to, into the color spot? Now, now, <laughs> how does that affect things? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> why don't you answer that? Jordan? Oh, clear. I mean, I don't know that it would gel right away, but clearly eighty. 80 future potential. I mean, no doubt. That, wow. That dude's a dynamo. That's, I, I feel like I've, I've tempered my, my Johnny Kane love to a, a more rational uh, level in, in maybe in the last season. So I'm, I'm going to try and keep it there so he doesn't so you, file another So you tempered it from, from, from what to 80? How did you temper that? Please tell. <laughs> well, he used to show up in every every episode. Now it's just like maybe maybe once a month, once every other show. Gotcha. <laughs> it's, it's a bummer that he wasn't there for opening day, though. I, I feel like what really starts Tigers baseball, other than Johnny Kane, like, you know, interviewing the dude with the unicorn hat. That's when you know the season has started. <laughs> and postponed games due to weather. Yeah. Yeah. The, I can't. I mean, obviously, having a, a stadium that has a roof helps, but. I can't believe we still didn't find a way to have at least one game delayed. Well, they did delay it for 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. The, how the, did we not? How have we gone this the, long the without media, talking about that? Holy the media crap. was just misinformed. They, it, was, it, was, it had to have been a miscommunication from you know, the stadium uh, uh, Toronto PR uh, to the rest of the media because all of the media were following the 337 weird time start. Um, and when they unveiled it 20 minutes later at 4.05, um, at your typical Ted Turner time, um, it, you know that that seemed to make more sense. Yeah, it. Holy cow, that was that was that was a tough one. That was tough to watch. <laughs> there was a lot of crap going on there. 
Well, guys, I very much appreciate you coming on the show. Um, let's go back over your contact info. Adam <laughs> is at Adam Dubbin and his, his, uh, his video uh, Twitter account. There we go. Those are words. At Tiger Bite Video. Keenan at Tiger underscore Lifer. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Tigers Minor Leagues. TigersHangout.com and his Tigers Minor League Tracker podcast. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to get you guys back on when Eric's here so we can we can all chum it up as, as, a, as a group of four. Um, but I've appreciated, uh, talking with you guys, getting to virtually know you, if you will, um, you guys any, have anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? I appreciate you having us on. Yeah. It's a, it's a dream come true. <laughs> you may want to, uh, may want to consider dreaming maybe, maybe a hair bit higher, but happy to, happy to help <laughs> out where we can. Yeah, it was great being here. Um, I really appreciate the invite, and uh, I would love to be on here with uh, Eric as well. Uh, a nice little four-person roundtable uh, could make for some fun times. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely make that happen. That way, I can I can talk less and just say a, say a word or a phrase, and you guys can just just hammer it out and go to town. Um, but that w- with that being said, uh, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers! Eat them up. Eat one, them up. One of you have to has to say goodbye. It, it's the Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 